You're listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Hi there, Phil here, and welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants, and experts every week. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Robert Martin. Robert has been a software professional since 1970 and has worked in various capacities on hundreds of software projects. In 2001, Robert initiated the meeting of the group that created Agile Software Development from Extreme Programming Techniques. Robert is also author of several books on programming and is a regular speaker at international conferences and trade shows. So Robert, could you give maybe a little bit more to that brief bio? Oh, heavens. Uh, Yes, I've been a software developer for about a half a century now. I I started in the late 60s uh, and have been working in in computer situations going all the way back to uh, IBM 360s and PDP-8s, mini computers and microcomputers. Uh, So I've been around the the block a few times here. Uh Uh-huh. Can you share with us a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience need to know and probably don't? Well, what they probably need to know and and probably do know, but let me stress it, is that uh, this is a very young industry, and we don't know a lot about it yet. It's very easy to come out of school or have a couple of years' experience and think you know an awful lot about how to program a computer or how to structure a software system. And let me tell you that you don't. Uh, there is an awful lot to learn here, a lot about high-level software structure. There's an awful lot about discipline, about practices, about patterns, about methods and techniques that very likely you were not taught in school because most of this is not and very likely you've had no experience with it all so far. So the biggest tip I've got for you is to keep your mind open and your brain engaged because you are about to learn a tremendous amount of stuff that will take you several years to internalize. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I I totally agree with you that, that the IT industry is still very much in its infancy and there will be a huge amount of change in the next few years, I'm sure. Um, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Sure. I, I've, I've got a doozy. I was fired from a job, um, oh gosh, 40 years ago. Um, I'd just been married a couple of years. My wife was pregnant with our first child, and I was in my early 20s and just was unable to get my mind into the business part of the job. I was a very skilled programmer at the time. I was young, 
but I'd been doing it for, oh, five years or so. I started in my teens. But I was so focused on the software and so focused on the technology that the the business meant nothing to me. And so I would forget critical business dates. I would forget critical business meetings. I would pay no attention to what the actual users of the system cared about. And even though I was warned, uh, I still couldn't get my head into it. And eventually they had to fire me. This is not a fun thing to go home to your pregnant wife and tell your wife uh, that you just lost your job. Uh, and it made a big impression on me, and I, I was able to change my ways. I was able to, over a period of years, adjust the way I thought about my employment and, and the importance of understanding the business. So, as a recommendation to you guys, you may be enamored of the technology. You may be thrilled with the languages or the tools or the or the tech that you're using, but never, ever forget that you are doing this on behalf of someone who is paying you, and those people deserve your attention upon their needs. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's very easy to just consider what you're doing and not really think about what, why, you're, why you're doing what you're doing and, and what the uh, desired outcome actually is. Um, so moving on from your worst moment, can you share with us your IT career highlight uh, and what you're able to, or how you were able to achieve it? Well, so that's an interesting one because there have been a number of very interesting highlights. And I, I could go on through my career and talk about becoming a consultant and helping companies uh, learn new languages and new techniques and new methods. But instead of that, I'm going to pick one particular moment. Uh, and this was, oh, probably 30 years ago. And my, the, the company I was working for, the uh, CEO of that company came to me and asked me to spearhead uh, the invention of a new product. And we gathered a small team together, and we, we just sat in a room, and for, oh, I don't know, about a week or so, we brainstormed what what a new product might look like. And, and to give you a, a little bit of background here, the company I was working for was at the crossroads of telecommunications and computers, which 30 years ago was a really, really rife field. Yeah. And we came up with the notion of voicemail. And more than voicemail, we came up with the idea of an automated attendant, someone who could, or a, a system that could answer the phone at your company and route calls to various places and take messages if necessary and so forth. It would listen to touch tones, the Push, push buttons on the telephone. That was yeah. very new technology at the time. Yes. And it could recite voice from, a, from recordings on disk. The disks at that point had finally shrunk to the point where you could put them in a, a reasonable unit. We had microcomputers that were driving the whole thing. And we assembled a small team, and this was the very first time that I had built a system and had a team working for me and constructed it from nothing to the point of delivering it as a product. And that was a, 
uh, a great moment for me. Probably the highlight of of my personal. It's not the highlight of my personal career, but it's the most significant moment I think. Yeah. Uh, now this product did not particularly do well. We held the patent to it, uh, but we had no idea how to sell it, uh, and the marketing effort failed after about a year and a half, and the entire product collapsed. So the end of the story is not great, but the middle of the story <laughs> is terrific. Yes. Uh, we held the patent to voicemail, or we had held the patent pending to voicemail, but then uh, because of the marketing failure, our company uh, decided to let the patent lapse. Uh-huh. Very unfortunate, because the company who now holds the patent to voicemail and is making a fortune on it uh, filed for it three months after we did. So any lessons to be learned? Yeah, it sounds like your own personal Kodak moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, high high uh, high apex and low valleys, but that's the nature of any IT career. It's never all at the highs. Yeah. What's one thing that excites you about the future of a career in IT? This this business that we are in has grown from a few people cobbling about with a technology that barely worked to now a technology that infiltrates every aspect of human life. There is nothing you can do on a minute-by-minute basis that does not involve interacting with some software system. Your grandmother interacts with a software system on a minute-by-minute basis. There's nothing you can do. You can't watch TV without interacting with a software system. You can't make a phone call without interacting with a software system. You can't microwave your popcorn. You can't wash your clothes. You can't clean your dishes. You can't drive your car. You can't turn up the heat or turn down the air conditioning. Nothing you can do that doesn't involve a software system. Any law that gets passed involves software systems. Any law that gets enforced, any insurance you buy. If you'd like to buy something at a store or sell something at the store, a software system is involved. Software dictates, manages, and controls virtually every aspect of every waking moment of every person living in the Western world. And that is only getting more and more significant as time goes by. That means that we, software people, IT professionals, we rule the world. Other people think they rule the world, but then they hand those rules to us, and we write the rules that execute in the machines that do everything. So this is a, a very pregnant time for software developers and IT professionals. And it's also a, a kind of crossroads crisis because we are responsible for far more than we understand right now. And the moment will eventually come when the rest of society understands just how much they've invested in us, how much they depend upon us, and they will reach out to regulate us. And I hope that we get there first and regulate ourselves before the politicians of the world tell us what the rules are going to be. <laughs> yes, I think you're right there. Definitely. <laughs> okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. Sure. Um, so what attracted you to a career in IT? <laughs> well, 
Well, it's an interesting story. At the age of 12 in 1964, my mother bought for me a small plastic computer, which had three flip-flops and six AND gates. You programmed it by putting little tubes on pegs on the flip-flops. Yeah. And the little AND gates were little metal rods that slipped into grooves on those flip-flops if they weren't blocked by the pegs. If the rods were able to slip into the grooves, then they enabled a mechanism that changed the state of the flip-flops. So this was, in essence, a three-bit finite state machine that you could program. Yes. And I, I read through the manual, and I did every experiment in there, and, and I was fascinated by the little machine and deeply frustrated because I had no idea how to put the tubes on the pegs in such a way as to make the machine do what I wanted it to do. Uh. But there was... In the manual, at the very end of the manual, a little paragraph that said, if you want to know how to program this machine, send in a dollar and a self-addressed stamp envelope, and we will send you the advanced programming manual. I have that manual. It's sitting on my shelf. It it holds a place of honor there. It's in a Ziploc bag. I opened it a while ago, and I read it. It is perhaps the most cogent example of Boolean algebra written for a 12-year-old that I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it started right from the beginning with truth tables, ands, ors, xors, nots, and so on. Went right yeah. into diagrams, Carnot maps, Boolean algebra, associative property, distributive property of and over or, distributive property of or over and, De Morgan's theorem, right through the whole thing in about 12 pages. And then it said, okay, now you know all this stuff. You want to program your little machine you write down the truth table of all the state transitions, convert them to Boolean formulas, reduce them to lowest terms using the algebra we just taught you, and here's a little table for, t- for taking the reduced formulas and turning them into tubes on the pegs. So I did that. I had a program in mind. It was called Mr. Patterson's Computerized Gate. Uh-huh. I wrote down the state transitions. I converted them to Boolean formulas. I reduced them to lowest terms. I put the tubes on the pegs. I cycled the machine, and that machine did exactly what I wanted it to do. And at the age of 12, I was a programmer. In that moment, I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so what's the best career advice you've ever received? Oh, boy, what a question. So I got into this business at a time when hardly anybody was a programmer. And it was extremely difficult to find anyone more senior than I was, even though I was 22 years old. The best advice I think I got was from a man who had been programming for perhaps 10 years. I was completely lost with a COBOL program. I had no idea how to make this program work. It was the very first COBOL program I had written, and the last, by the way, because it's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I was completely stuck, had no idea how to make progress, and he, he saw that I was frustrated. I did not ask for help, much to my shame. But he saw that I was frustrated, and he just walked over, and he came by, and he said, Bob, let's go look at a core dump. And he walked me through the process of debugging uh, a COBOL program from a core dump. And he was calm, and he was collected, and he showed me the techniques as though there was no trick to it at all. And although it was not specific advice that he gave me, what it was was a mindset. And the mindset was that there is no problem too complicated to solve. Relax, be calm. Face it like a 
a simple challenge, face it like you are the master of it. And I took that to my heart and have lived that way with software ever since. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I would find someone 10 years older than I am who's been through the ringer a few times, and I would not let that person out of my sight for five years. (laughs) I would latch on... And maybe I could find two or three of those people, but but there, those are the people who know. Yeah. Uh, you don't learn you don't learn this this trade right now by going to school, and you don't learn it by working alone or working with people your own age. Uh, you learn it from people who have been through the ringer a few times. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, what career objectives are you focusing on yourself right now? Me? Oh, geez. Well, I've got three more books to write. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got several more videos to produce. I'm in the middle of refactoring a large closure application that, that I want to fit into a better architecture. I've got lots of very interesting things that I want to do over the next several years. Yeah. Um, and from a, a, a deep professional point of view, I am very interested in figuring out what the ethics and standards of our industry ought to be. Uh, I want to I want to be part of the process that turns our industry into a true profession with standards, with ethics, with oaths, with a a body that polices it and enforces the standards. Yeah. Okay. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career? The number one non-technical skill that has helped me in my career, without any doubt at all, is the ability to speak and write. Um, write, Writing, getting your thoughts down on paper in an organized way, is uh, a, a skill that any software developer has to have. Being able to communicate with others through uh, speaking, through presentation, is a skill that every software developer has to have. And the reason for that is very simple. The ideas that we work with are so detailed and intricate and complicated that normal users can't understand them. And we have to have the ability to take that detail and turn it into something cogent that normal people can understand. Yes, that's excellent. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, can you share a parting piece of career advice that the IT career energizer audience should know? Well, a parting piece of career advice. Our industry is, as I said, it's young. Uh, it's learning very fast. Uh, it, in fact, it's It's learning in a way that I think is suboptimal. It's thrashing. One of the ways that we see our our industry thrash is by a new language coming out every month, a new framework coming out every two weeks, a new idea that grabs the the mind members, a a new popular movement, a new fad. This is a, um, a symptom of youth. It's not necessarily an advantage. It has some advantages. So my career advice is this. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn all kinds of things 
that may never you may never use, but you still must learn them. You must learn new languages. You must learn new frameworks. You must always keep your books open and reading them. You must always be drinking from the fire hose right now, because that's the only way to have the the advantage when a new a new language or a new framework does become popular, does hit the mainstream, and you want to be there with it. Never allow yourself to go down into a fading technology. If you are a Java programmer right now, you are at risk because that technology is beginning to fade, and you want to have other languages in your belt. If you are a... Uh, uh, a, a middleware programmer at the moment, and you've never done GUI, you are at risk. You need to learn some other technologies like GUIs or databases or, or sockets or services. All of these things you have to be juggling all the time and learning all the time. And this requires more than 40 hours a week. It is not to, to, have, to depend on your employer for that knowledge you're going to have to spend another 10, another 15 hours a week on your own, on weekends, at nights, doing what every professional has always done, and that is to groom your career and to learn and learn and never stop learning. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Absolutely learning, essential, definitely throughout your career. Okay, um, great. Uh, finally, can you tell us the best way we can find out more about you and potentially connect with you? Sure. Um, there's a couple of websites that you might find interesting. Uh, one of them is called cleancoder.com, and the other one is called cleancoders.com. Uh-huh. One has an S on it and one doesn't. Cleancoder.com is the website for, uh, for my uh, personal consulting business. It's got my blog site on it. It's got a bunch of articles on it. Uh, there's plenty to look at there. Cleancoders.com is the website where I sell my training videos. I've got about 48 videos up there right now. They're all about an hour long. And they begin with basics of refactoring and clean code and test-driven development and, and architecture and walk through the solid principles and design patterns and agile def- methods and, and acceptance testing. And it just goes on and on, tons and tons of videos. Fantastic. So those are the places to go. Brilliant. Robert, thank you so much for being on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking with you. been my pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's great interview with Robert C. Martin. Full show notes can be found on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e18. And while you're at the website, you can download your free copy of 11 top career tips for IT professionals, many of which have been previously featured on the show. In next week's episode, I'll be talking with Paul Raymond, a senior project manager for Wilson Legal Solutions, who provide independent advice and consultancy to law firms in partnership with IT solution providers. If you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to get future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate you leaving a rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher about the show. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.